Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and I am ecstatic for today's episode. First, though, it wouldn't have been possible without my good friend and new producer credit on the podcast, Sean Cornell. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am super excited uh, and I'm doing really well. Like I was so excited. I couldn't even answer your question because I'm that excited. But Sean, you and I have been friends for a while now. And one of the things that I really like is you're constantly giving me recommendations of shows I should watch, of movies I should consume, of books I need to read. And usually I write them down and I might forget about them. But you said, hey, you should check out RuPaul's Drag Race if you want something new to watch. It, these seasons are on Hulu or whatever. And I was like, I'll get around to it, I'll get around to it, I'll get around to it. Well, I finally did. And when I did, and I started talking about today's guest, Tammy Brown, I was like, I can't, she's she's like a little bit different than the others. And and you, your response was, she's fantastic and she's great. So you kept telling me about how amazing she was and speaking it into existence. And then I started seeing it with my own eyes through season one and then also season one. And it got to this point where, you know, you just straight up were like, I wonder if you could get Tammy on the show. And I was like, I don't know. I sent a request and lo and behold, she came through and I was so excited and pleasantly surprised to see how much of an activist she is. And she's using her platform and her fame and notoriety to do a lot of good things. Do you want to talk about that just for a second, Sean? Because I was pretty overwhelmed. um like you said, I've been in love with uh, Tammy Brown forever since season one. And she has done so much and she's more than just a a, a Rue Rue queen. You know what I mean? She is an activist, like you said, and she is so elevated and, and she'll like, you'll, you'll see, I see her all over YouTube, all over Instagram, and she's doing so many good things. And so RuPaul just kind of elevated her to be able to have that platform to be able to do so much good. Right. Uh, I want to know what was your, because we, so full disclosure, we're recording this intro after we just got done doing the episode and Sean, you were hanging out in the background, didn't make an appearance on the episode. So I wanted to bring you in for the intro, but you were privy to the entire recording. So I'd love to know what was your favorite. I know it's still fresh and early, but I saw you taking Mm -hmm. lots of notes. So what was your favorite moment um, from the episode that people can get excited for? I think the the biggest thing is what you see on the show is real and mm-hmm. she is a fun, loving, good hearted person and so much more. So I'm excited for folks to see everything else she does past the the show, all her activism, all her her comedy, her her love for life. You know, what I mean, she's just yep. so cool and welcoming. Absolutely. Well, listeners, uh, stick around. Our conversation with Tammy will be right up after this. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time, she reminded me earlier, and so I did walk my children in nature. Miss Tammy Brown, how are you doing, Tammy? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Of course, of course. I'm super excited to dig in because one of the things that I thought was so interesting about your story, and I know we're going to get into it, is really, and what was really great for me for the whole mantra of the show about trying to 
improve the world, leave it better than we found it. I really have loved a lot of the activism type work you've been doing, like the queen with a cause. That's so fantastic. I'd love to actually, so I think a lot of people that are listening that may be new listeners to the show and uh, may be familiar with your time on RuPaul's Drag Race, both season one and all-star season one. So we're going to definitely cover that as well, but I'd love to start with queen with a cause. And I'd really love to really kind of start with what was the motivation and driving factor for you to want to do some of the activism work and and bring a light to issues such as plastics and palm um, palm oil, and really bring people's awareness up about it. Um, originally, well, it started a lot with um, I was Blackfish and and Sea World and yes. the, the sentient, sentient beings being in the captivity that started manifesting, and then also that manifested that really started propelling that, and then I started adding hashtag Queen of the Cause, but that was one of my causes. And, um, and then also studying indigenous culture was another indigenous culture really started pushing out uh, indigenous culture and what's going on with land rights and things. Even here in Long Beach, California, right now, the land is being it's the original name of Long Beach. This area is actually Puvokna and um, and Puvongar. And but anyways, there's a little piece of land that is a park uh, and it's adjacent to the Cal State Long Beach. And so what Cal State Long Beach is doing right now is they're actually encroaching and they're wanting to build a, a, a parking lot right there on that territory. And they've been encroaching more and more and they even already started a parking lot and it's already there, but they wanna build even a larger one, but that's actually wow. indigenous territory and should be respected, it's not right. being respected. And then from that, I mean, and then now it's with the, the orangutans. I was always seeing these petitions about the orangutans and what's going on with the orangutans. And I was always trying to push that on a Jackie beat, actually, um, because she's always doing things for animals, right. actually, as well, but more like dogs and stuff like that, with, you know, helping out with that sort of situation. And Milk also, Milk Queen is also another one that's very supportive of, of causes that are going on. So always, um, I've always been aware, but more so now, in my life and just wanted to take action that way and, and continue to take action. Like the microplastics are in the rain. I mean, they're in the rain, they're in the food, they're in the air, they're in the, you know, everything. So right. that's a big deal. Yeah. And that's going to, you know, causing cancers and Coca-Cola and Pepsi and all these companies are responsible for that. You know? Right. No, absolutely. And I think, I think one of the things that is so brilliant about what you're doing and how you're drawing light to it is you're, you're letting people know, Hey, we could have a better life. We could have a more full and enriching life. Um, if we didn't have a lot of these things in the atmosphere that we weren't breathing and we weren't taking in and I'm actually gonna, you know, let us let everybody know that today's sponsor of the podcast, it feeds right into that. Uh, today's sponsor of the podcast is Snuffy. Snuffy is a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence. 10% of profit goes to LGBTQ plus organizations led by trans people of color. Shop online now at snuffy.co. That's snuffy, S-N-U-F-F-Y dot C-O. And the owner and operator of Snuffy is Nick Silvestri, great friend of the podcast, designed the Detox logo. So if you like him, you want to go check it out, go ahead and do that. But coming back to, coming back to your point, I think it's so key and crucial. Uh, I'm on this ever never-ending quest, it seems, to to figure out how I can leave a positive legacy for my children, other people's children, the rest of the world, and how can I leave it better than I found it? And 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 there's so many times I think you can go down a rabbit trail and just really get sucked in because there's so much to do, but but it's hard for me to remember like what are some small things I can do that make a big difference. And your videos, your queen with a cause is that you do. I love how you've got this like 
balance of, of humor and information because it sticks with you long after you've watched it. And I think people like John Oliver are very effective as giving you the information you need, delivering it in a humorous way because we're wired to remember those humorous moments. So what mm -hmm. was the construction for you when you went to put those short films together? Um, so the comedy, I'm just naturally funny. So that's just comedy is always going to come up. And finally, for the first time in the past year or two, I've acknowledged that, okay, yes, I am a comedian, but it's natural for me. I don't sit around and writing jokes. I mean, I write them and of course they're going to come off else off skelter, but it's fun. And more it's in the sense of the rise sense of humor, like Andy Kaufman, right. it, something like that. Um, but I'm just naturally funny and bubbly. So that always comes out or sassy really sassy and that always comes out as really funny as well so um but to tie it into anything i say people are going to laugh so any way i i present something it's going to make them laugh like for example when i was on the rupaul's drag race <coughs> frack you later rupaul but anyhow um when I was on RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, they were like saying, oh, that's not funny, you know, and I was like, all I have to do is really stand there and people are going to laugh. Right. That's a fact. I don't really even have to open my mouth, yeah. which, you know, and that's a gift. So however that works. But I, I just I'm myself and I'm truly cool and comfortable with myself and, and just deliver that. That's that's how it comes together. I love it. You know, anything I do is going to end up coming out funny. I can't really, you know, help that. So, right. <laughs> you know, a, yeah, no, that's a good point. And it's you've got such a great platform to be able to share such important messages like this. And and people are coming to you to 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 be entertained and to laugh. And then they're also getting this great information, which is helping them to make better decisions. Because I'm a firm believer of if we're able to make if we're all able to make simple, small decisions that will have a larger effect, then we can start kind of pushing away a lot of this negative stuff, like all the plastics in the air and choosing other oils. You brought up point in your video about you don't have to use palm palm oil. You can use canola oil, there's sunflower oil. There's a lot of other oils that we can use that we just don't choose to, or companies aren't choosing to for one reason or another. And I think that's, it, it seems so complicated when, when we as a society are so used to something, but mm -hmm. it really is shifts in our belief strategy of what we want to buy, how we want to support companies that are doing the right thing and slowly start to turn the tide. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, well, the thing it's, it's up to us. We, I mean, also we're, li we're leaving that, that footprint, you know what I right. mean? And that's, that's really bad. And originally too, as, as gays on this continent of America that we're living on continent of America, because you know, they want to come and say that we're only Americans because we're in this bubble that we're in. Right. Uh, originally, indigenous culture, they supported the gays and the gays were the healers. The gays were the nurturers. The gays adopted kids. The gays supported the community and made everything, you know, special. And right. they were the pillars of the community in reality, like in the Diné, the Navajo story. They are the, that's the real name of the Navajo be, before white man came and changed it is Diné. And they have Natle and Natle is a two spirits uh, person. But anyhow, the Natle, the, that's what actually brought their tribe back together because the women went to one side and the men went to another. 
And but the elders are not speaking about it because they've had so much shame and fear put on them from Christianity being brought in, right. you know. So I think it's important to go back to those practices, those real, real American practices. Um, like, for example, with the Aztecs, they had a Xochipilli. And Xochipilli is the protector of the male homosexuals and the, the male prostitutes. And he's the flower and um, flower, flower prince. And he's also the of, of dance and music and all that sort of thing. And I also kind of consider that one a saint. And I can, can relate with Xochipilli, actually. Yeah. But it's very important for us as gays and, you know, at, to be nurturers again and go back to that. I love that. And embrace that because it's so yeah. healthy and real. Yes. Absolutely. You know, I, my, we have the, my, my daughter has this book. Uh, it's uh, it was a book that Barack Obama wrote for his daughters of the icing. And it talks about different historical figures. And we got to the part where there's a section on sitting bull and about the trail of tears. And it's told in a way that, that is digestible, I think for young children, but still raises a lot of powerful questions. Why were people forced off their land? Why were they sad about it? Why couldn't they stay there? And these are difficult conversations to have with my five-year-old, but they're so necessary to explain how this is not our land. Our ancestors came and took the land and then made people leave. And they were sad about that. And that's profound. But my five-year-old was so moved she wanted to wear the colors of of you know in the picture sitting bull is is done up in in oranges and browns and so she wanted to wear some some colors that were a salute to sitting bull the next day when she went to school um and and that was her way of starting to pay homage to to sitting bull and and the folks on the trail of tears and and i know that these are going to stick with her, these lessons to where she's going to take action and start these dialogue, di this dialogue and these conversations much earlier than, than we are, you know, from, from an age. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's how we want to improve the world is by passing down this knowledge. I absolutely love that you're doing it. It's, it's very commendable and it's just fantastic. Um, I want to, I want to wind the clock back a little bit to, mm -hmm. to when you, um, first got started. So, so as we stated earlier, folks are definitely familiar with you from RuPaul's Drag Race and, and doing drag. And I would love to know what was your sort of early experiences with doing drag and starting to, to embrace um, that path and that career path for yourself? Well, as a child, of course, I would see this talk shows and stuff like that, or the movie Tootsie and stuff like that was very inspiring um, to me. And, um, I decided when I was in, in high school, I knew I was of age in Texas because you're 18, you can actually go to clubs. So I figured I would um, start doing the nightclubs in Corpus, which I did. Uh, and they were they were pretty supportive. They actually started an amateur night uh, once a week there. And they would, there was, a, it's, you know, primarily pageant at the time, especially in Texas a lot. Um, and we would support each other and do each other's pageants and fundraise. So it was very interesting, but I, I I did start doing drag in high school, was fortunate enough to be able to do that there in Fulton, Rockport, Fulton, Texas. Um, I had a, a wonderful, um, a, what was he? He was a, a theater teacher and he was really embraced what I was doing and supportive and allowed me to just do the, those UIL activities. Yes. Um, what, are the, what does UIL mean? Extra what? Uh, it's it's, it's a uni, uh, interscholastic league. I think it's university or universal. I forget. It's, it's been universal, a minute. Universal, I believe. Yeah. Universal. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I would, do, I would go on and I would at the, they called it lip syncing contest. 
So I would do that. And also, too, there were so many stereotypes um, in those days. If, if you said you were doing drag, they would ask you who you were doing. And I would always mm. say Tina Turner, who I was impersonating at the time, if yeah. I was going to impersonate. But now there's there's no more connection of wanting to impersonate Tina. I mean, I enjoy her, sure. but there's no, I mean, if I want to do that, I'll just do that in my own home, sure. so to speak. Right. <laughs> and now with this um, cancel culture, one has to be very careful. Sure. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So how did and you... ridiculous cancel culture, to be honest with you. It's really ridiculous. We, we've been desensitizing ourselves of being able to just be human beings. Sure. I think I think you bring up a good point. I've had a guest on before where we discussed the, the need for calling out, right? So the need to call out mistakes and, and behavior so we can all learn and grow, but to kind of walk the fine line and be careful about when we're canceling and when we're calling out and being intentional about how we are discerning, how we as a society, the collective we, are discerning that and deciding that because at the end of the day, we're all humans and we're all trying to do the right thing for the most part, um, you know, with exceptions with certain folks, but we're trying to do the right thing and we're learning and growing and we're going to make mistakes. And I think, you know, finding, finding a way to, to say, Hey, I love the intent. This isn't a great delivery. Here's a better way to do it is helpful as opposed to outright shutting things down. I mean, that's a good point that you bring up for sure. I love, well, I mean, certain things, huh? Oh, go ahead. Certain things should be brought to light. Of course, most definitely. And, and, you know, and it's, it's important important that these people cannot hide behind their money yes there's a lot of people that hide behind their money a lot of times and like i have major issues with leaving neverland because i personally feel that michael jackson used that as an excuse to hide behind his money personally i i believe that and people do that all the time right and you know and um there shouldn't be this sexual harassment and unwanted stuff like that should not be happening in the workforce and right wherever anywhere you know exactly stuff like that yep. is, is you know and there's so many of our politicians and people that are doing this kind of stuff all the time and it needs to stop. Yes. You know? Yeah. And Absolutely. then also too, I think right now the, the good thing about, you know, all this, I'm not even going to say Trump, I would say Bolsonaro and I would say like the presidency and everything that's going on, all these people that are, are really causing harm to the environment. It's good because it's awakening for us as humans, you know, and even with the COVID-19, the coronavirus, you know, uh, for me, I, I started in um, being positive. I send letters to everybody. Not that I'm not going through it. I mean, I am. Sure. I've been having breakdowns. My my dyslexia has really gone awry. Uh, haywire. <laughs> um, through this, picking the wrong times and stuff is very interesting. But it's it's been it's good because we're starting to realize what's important to us. Yes. And think how we can make changes. And it also is a realization that you know humans are actually really stupid. And yeah. really small. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a fact. Yes. There's humans are, are we're, we're, we're a virus on this planet. Yes. Yeah, we really are. And, uh, you know, and we've been brought up with uh, colonization and, and from the, you know, England and all that in those older European countries changing us and, and doing this certain ways. And that's not right. Right. You yeah. know, absolutely. You know, it's, it's so, I, I love the, I love this topic in this conversation too, because I was thinking about the other day about how I think we're so obsessed with as a society there, I, I feel like when, when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, I feel there's so many stories about well, when can we get out and, and colonize another planet and get over there and just what resources can we get? And it's like, hello, we're, we have too many. It's, I feel, I feel like, like leaving earth to go to another planet is the equivalent of leaving the trash overflowing for your roommate to 
get as you're leaving the apartment for the rest of all time. Like, bye, I don't have to clean up. I'm, uh, I'm leaving. I'm going on to another house. It's like, no, like, let's, why are we doing that? Why are we doing this? That's a great point because you know how there's what are the, all these movies, sci-fi, the, the aliens are coming and they're always coming here because they've exhausted all their means and they have to come to a new planet. So they come here and that's what they're doing. That's exactly what we are doing and yes. want to do. Yes. I mean, that, that's how we are. And I've been studying a lot of Nikki Giovanni and I just love her, Nikki Giovanni. And she's always saying that, you know, like, that's a, there's no vampire and all this sci-fi, this BS, and they come, you know, going to get get you. That's just a bunch of bullshit. Excuse my language. You're good. And, that, and, and we're doing that. And like, oh, we're going to go to Mars. I don't want to live on Mars. This is my planet. Right. You right. know? Yeah. And it's so much of that. And I've always I've thought that way for a long time. And also, too, we're we're desensitizing ourselves. And also, with, before this, even with all the hand sanitizer, we've been doing this for years. And oh, we have a problem, America. Let's spray some Fabrice, you know. Yes. And all that we're consuming all that all the time. And we, okay, in Egypt, there the it seems that the pandemic is not effective as much there. And in other places, it's not as bad. Well, why? Because they have their immune system is much stronger. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Here we're medicating, always doing this, always doing that, sanitizing, sanitizing, yeah. living this very sterile um, numbers, you know, right. numbers, yes. numbers. What can I do and how can I be better? You know, yes. it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, all this sterile, it's not good. No, I mean, that's a good, that's a very good point too, because I think there's two, there's two points there. One is like, you're constant. I feel like as a society, we're trained to treat the symptoms and never look beyond the surface level about what an actual issue is. Health, medical, environment, et cetera, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's just, just slap a Band-Aid on it. Just slap a Lysol wipe on it, whatever. We're good to go. And so, and that has continuous problems. Look at like the med medic medical industry with pain medication, right? You have so many doctors that are like, well, let me just prescribe you some pain meds and then you'll be fine. Not taking the time to think about what is causing the root problem that's bubbling up, that's manifesting in this pain. Let's address that. Might take a little bit longer, might require a little bit more work, but it's better in the long term because we're not slowly killing you with this medication. And then on the other side of that is if we're always cleaning and sterilizing everything, then we become we become ripe for something like this type of a pandemic where it's just going to bowl us over and then we're not able to, to recover from it in a lot of ways. And I think that that's a good point that you bring up about the, the over sterilization too. And it's, we are just rampant, especially in this country too, with this um, anxiety and um, anxiety. And then what is this uh, constant uh, conspiracy theories? Yes. And this oh is God. ridiculous. I'm sick of it. And the facts are facts. The ice, the ice cap is melting. The yes. ice is melting. Okay. Thank you. Inside that ice and, and viruses have happened over and over through time. And they've happened here when the Europeans came and then the Europeans did learn how to do germ warfare and all that. Yes, of course, that does exist. And it can be created in a lab and blah, blah, blah. But the facts are facts. Right that these things do happen. There was a Spanish flu when the conquistadors came. Jesus all Christ, the indigenous yeah. people were dying all over. There were many tribes that were completely knocked out because yes. of the different things, smallpox and different things. So this is going to continue to happen and happening. Yeah. So how do we change it? Put on your fucking mask. Excuse my language. <laughs> You're good. But I mean. Yeah. Like, what, come on. You know, put it on. 
Yes. And cut the masks when you're done because, you know, they're bad for the environment as well. If you're going to use the disposal ones, cut them. You know what I mean? Right. And all these gloves, put them in the trash can as well. Yeah. You know, and it's yep. sad to see like how so many of these, the, and yes, the drug industry is, is overflowing constantly get, like prep. I don't believe in prep. Why would you put that in your body? First of all, because we don't know the long-term effects mm, of prep. That's a good point. That's a good and point. now every, every, you know, let's just every person and now straights are taking it and everybody else. Yep. So, yeah. You know, okay, great. I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the long run. Not that, and I'm not saying not to do safe sex. Of course, of course. But, you know, I used to know this dishwasher and he told me that he would give it to the ladies really good. And when he was done, he would just take some lime and squirt it on his ding-a-ling. Ugh. To kill the AIDS. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Hey, well, I mean, he didn't want to use the, the what do they have, those sheepskin condoms? <laughs> Who knows, whatever. Oh, my God. The sheepskin oh my God. You said lime, and the only thing I could think of was uh, salt and tequila. And then that was an image that I was just like, ah, oh, I don't know if I need all of that in my head right now. But anyways, uh, <laughs> that got me. Oh, my God. Um but I think it's so true that it's just like, you know, we don't know the long-term effects of a lot of stuff. And I'm a firm believer in – so I had a I had a incredibly horrible neck injury in college, senior year. And I went to a small school in, in Brownwood, Texas. Uh, since you're from Texas, I'll say it. Howard Payne University. Small-ass school uh, southwest mm-hmm. of Abilene. And the doctors in Brownwood said – you're not bad enough for us to do surgery. I was like, I didn't want surgery. You're not bad enough for us to do surgery, but you are too bad to live without pain. So we will just prescribe you pain medication for now until the end of time. And that was a problem. And it was something I had a really difficult time getting off of. And I didn't get better until I came back to Dallas. And I saw this holistic doctor that said, look, it's going to take a lot of work, but we're going to do some chiropractic treatments, some stretches, some um, acupuncture. We're going to do all this stuff slowly over time. And I'm going to give you stretches to do because all you need to do is stretch these muscles. You've got these nerve endings that are mm-hmm. pinched. That's all That's all it is. It's the root cause. And then after about six months to a year, pain-free, no neck pain, no worries, was able to get off the medication. But doctors are conditioned to say, ah, just take this. And those long-term effects, oftentimes we don't know. And and I'm a big fan of like, how if something can only help me, let me try this. Let me see what I can do. Let me see what I can do. Because if it's like, well, it could either hurt you or help you, I don't want to try it yet. I want that to be a last resort. And I would say 10 out of 10 times, I find a better way forward with that approach and that philosophy. So yes, 100%, we don't know long-term effects of a lot of this stuff. And I like that you mentioned earlier, too, that we we should get to the root of the problem. Yes. Why we're sick and why this is happening. Okay, reality, wake up. We're doing things, you know, and doing things that are detrimental to our body. Right. But we need to, the the problem, what is the, why are we sick or why are we having these problems constantly, you know, because we're, and especially, yeah, we need to look at the source. Right. You know, at the beginning of this, I was around so many friends of mine that um, they, they would be, um, Oh, well, it's the environment saying, hey, wake up, you know? Right. And I like that theory. Yes. But I do see that but we're getting out more and there's still a way that the environment is still being raped and, and, and pillaged and so much is still going on with our environment, 
even though like because even in this country uh with the um what is it called our um the the people that are controlled uh controlled the environmental protection oh oh yeah the ep the epa the environmental protection agency yeah yes well yeah okay the gag order on them or they need to be you know observed you know or cleared or whatever the swamp for sure but um they 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 need to be reworked yeah because like even during the pandemic i've read that they have been messaging each one of each state and telling them oh we can't do this um we're gonna leave it to you to look into it on your own we're Mm. we're over we're swamped we don't have enough employees you know that's just a bunch of bullshit yeah and reality um because they have enough and then they're getting money from these corporations these huge corporations and um you know, they're, they're not regulating the corporations and taking care of the corporations, which are contaminating. Yep. You go down to Port Lavaca down there in Texas, uh, you know, Jesus, and there's that yeah. one plant just pumping stuff into the water. Yes, and yes. I know we eat those Gulf Coast shrimps and we eat those oysters and all that stuff around there. Yep. So what's going on with that? Right. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And then in Corpus, I mean, I can tell, I, I'm proud about Corpus about certain things. Whenever there's like a, a trans march, they were doing that Black Lives Matters. They do take action, which I'm glad. And way back, they got rid of a Confederate. Um, yes. It was a, a mascot. Yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. So they, they, they do take action like that. But there's this long haired lady that's part of the city commissioners. She's a bunch. Of, she's an idiot. She said she was not going to recommend those <laughs> little face masks. And I, I watched the politics. Cause it's on the, the news, you know, right. And it's just, they're a bunch of wimps in Corpus and they've been known for being wimps like that. Cause it's a beautiful city, yeah. but they don't, they don't do anything really to give it the oomph. They keep it very yep. middle-class and kind of submerged. Right. Yeah. No, it's a good, it's a good point. I, I, um, I visited Corpus several times. One of my best friends lives there and mm-hmm. I was struck the very first time that I went and visited him, how it felt both like a big city and a small town at the exact same time. And it was, it was bizarre. I hadn't felt that it was like, it was obvious that it was a big city, but it mm-hmm. also had the feeling, I think of a lot of approaches. And I think to your point, driven by the government and a lot in the local government in a lot of ways to make it feel like that kind of I don't want to say backwards but a little bit slower to progress small town mentality for sure it is and it was just weird it. yeah. it's a fact right <laughs> it's, it's disgusting because like I moved to Texas for a reason I needed to get out of the city in 2016 I moved I moved up to Oregon for a minute and Portland I was there and then I was like uh, I'm gonna go back home because I need to get out of here. I was driving everywhere all the time. And it was just the career had only gone to a certain level sure. and here regionally. And I needed right. something different. And I proved myself I can do it from wherever I am, which sure. I've been doing the whole time. But when I would fly into Corpus, I would be like, oh, wah, wah. just <laughs> flying, even flying in, I would feel that way. Like, yeah. and it's it has a beautiful old like downtown area yes. that can be fixed up and fit. It's just really cool stuff. But, you know, I don't know. It's them. And then, of course, we have this wonderful Greg, Mr. Abbott. He is a wimp. So the to back that up, I think if we're thinking about that, the absolute easiest example of that is when he opened the state way too early back in May. And we weren't yes. we weren't even that high at the time. So we could have had it controlled. And then he came out to the press conference and just said, we're opening the state because we've got to get back to business. And you could tell. You could tell. It was strictly a political move. And he only did it because he wanted to get a, a, like a party favor from Trump. That was it. It was clear the only reason he did it. And then we skyrocketed because people are idiots. We just addressed this 
earlier. And then all of a sudden he got to come back out two months later and say, you know what? Uh, <laughs> we maybe shouldn't have opened. Let me shut it down again. And then people are like, you, then you have like everybody mad, not just one side or the other. Everybody's like, you're an idiot. And it's like, he is an uh, idiot. yes, I will co-sign that. Idiot. And, um, He's just, he's a, it's a disgrace. And then, of course, we got wonderful Ted Cruz from there oh as well. Oh, my God. But, you know, speaking of the COVID-19, I have friends that are in the Valley. Yes, we have a Valley in Texas. Um, the Rio Grande? Right next to the Rio Grande, right? Rio Grande Valley. So yep. Everybody knows. Um, and the Cabeza de Baca went up through there. Yes. Uh, history. And he wasn't a pillar and taking, he was he was good to indigenous people, by the way. Yes. But anyhow, um, a good book to read, Cabeza de Baca, was, he actually wrote this book in 15 something whatever um but they were having their their covid rates were really high down there yeah really high yeah and then where i was it was safe in rockport which was great we only had three at the time but as soon as he started opening up everybody got sick there you know so yeah. whatever yeah i mean that's a good point and it's just it you know i think <sighs> well i mean you know we're, we're already in it right so i think the only thing that we can continue to do is wear a mask, stay safe, stay away from people and like, mm -hmm. just be smart. Like it seems so weird. I heard someone the other day say that like, you know, I used to wonder how in zombie movies people would be so stupid as to like walk into somewhere and get bitten. And now it's like, mm -hmm. now I totally see how that happens because people can't even wear a mask, let alone like look around a corner for zombies. Forget that. Mm -hmm. Well, everything's <laughs> fake news, you know? So, Hey, <laughs> And then you got Facebook, and that's where everybody's getting their news. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just really. I love it. To you. No, I love it. I love it. This is great. This is great. Um, I want to <laughs> to make a transition. You what? I, I mean, I'm kid friendly. We know that. I mean, all yeah, my kids no, no, you're absolutely suggested. No, this is like fantastic. Elvira. Right. Yeah. No, this is fantastic. What I'm saying is I'm usually very good at making my transitions from one topic to another. And you're just, Ooh, I haven't laughed this hard recording in a very long time. And I absolutely love it. So this is a treat for me. So I'll use this as uh, my opportunity to pivot a bit. I do want to ask you a little bit about drag race and just say, mm -hmm. instead of getting into very specifics, I'd just love to know overall, what, what was, um, what was your motivation, I guess, for getting on the show originally? And then what were some things that you learned about yourself when you were done uh, with both of the seasons? Uh, okay. Uh, well, first of all, laughter cures cancer. So that's yes. a good thing. Yes. So I hope you're cured. I am. Um, <laughs> woo! Uh, Jesus Christ on a speedboat, right. right? Okay. So, and, you know, Jesus Christ is from the Middle East, so people forget yes, that, you know. They do. Was a Jew. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they're, they, refugee, they were refugees also in Egypt for all those babies that are in cages right now. Haulas, yeah. as oh they say God. in Spanish. Yes. The, the other white language. Right. Anyways, um, RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, what was the motivation? It was to yeah. break through. I mean, we were all very excited regionally here and actually in a lot of circles around the country and everywhere about this RuPaul's Drag Race having the show. Um, what motivated me on there was the exposure to be on, I mean, not knowing to go on and do something that's different and to be on TV. I mean, the fame aspect, of course, um, and show my talents. I mean, as a drag queen, I thought it was gonna be a lot more relaxed than what it was. Uh, that was a, yeah. an awakening when I got on there and whoa okay this is a, a competition and we're not going right. to be I, I for some reason i had this idea that we were going to get together and do this reality show it'd be more like one of those more free-flowing reality shows and that we would get together 
and we would <clears throat> like go to the garment district together or we would have kikis and you know ha having a lot of fun i thought um what yeah I that makes sense too, is that reality shows especially that one at rupaul's drag race in particular is a little more abusive because i had already worked in the hollywood business sure and um th there's catered food and you're taken care of and you know when you do even music videos um i've always been a featured extra on it even though it's you know featured extra or whatever but it's featured i get paid a little more i get to do these different things and you get access to the the table the food and catering and all this stuff with rupaul's drag race it was not like that mm. and also the exploitation of a reality show and those sort of shows is not really for me to be honest with you sure. I, I i it's it's not really what I mean, I'm thankful that I, I have the exposure. You know, I have the most number one catchphrases. Actually, I have the most catchphrases. They even had to do that. Um, what was that show they did with me? The Mojo, Miss Mojo did a show. Then uh, there's over 13 catchphrases, you know, because right. they cut three out and give you only 10 and they give you an additional three. But there was all three. Um, and if I was asked to be on the show again for the fans, yes. Only for the fans only, I guess, is what one would sure. say. Right. Not suggesting fans only or anything, <laughs> but I'm saying that that I participate in that. But I'm just right. saying that right. good, good riddance to them, mind you. I'm going to probably delete one of these fa fan friends of mine on Instagram because all he's doing is showing his hiney because oh he's a porn star now, and I'm kind of getting annoyed by that. Fair. But um, something else to that, you know. Right. I'd like to see your face or something at least. <laughs> Anyhow, and then, um, but I, I, don't, I don't think, I would, I would only do it for the fans. I sure. mean, in reality, and I'd be happy to go on and one, two shows and walk off again. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I don't, I, you know, and I, I have a lot of catch rate. I mean, new ideas or the way I could read or whatever that I could some really poignant ideas. But then again, being on that, I don't like the pressure that they put on you. It's just, it's, it, I can't think under that kind of a pressure. I get that. Yeah. It's very you difficult. Know? Yeah. And you know, I've, I've, chatted with folks who have been on different reality shows before survivor being one amazing race being another one. And what's interesting, I think one of the things that I learned, at least from the survivor perspective was it's extremely stressful in a, from, from their perspective, right? I'm not saying RuPaul's like this, maybe it is, but from their perspective, it was tough enough just doing the actual competition. It was a whole nother psychological mind fuck to talk to the producers every day and try and figure out what are you trying to tell me? Are you trying to tell me something? Are you you trying to get me to say or do something I don't want to say or do that what is happening and then you just feel like out on uh, well in that case an island but in a literal like metaphorical island that you're like I don't really know who to turn to or talk to to like get through I just kind of want to get out yeah correct yeah that's um that's that's how those shows are I mean that's how those shows are and it it's stressing and there's a lot of and it's also Hollywood so sure. there's a lot of they're telling you one thing and you, you have to pick the roles that you want to play too. But then again, you don't know how it's going to end up, you know, end up in editing, how right. you're going to end up. And that's, that's nerve wracking. Yeah. You know, right now I'm always the unsung hero. Yada, 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 as far as RuPaul's Drag Race is concerned. But if I was to go back now, uh, I don't know, you know, that's nerve wracking how they would edit me and make me look because people came from milk. Right. Yeah, you know, after she was on there and um, really hateful, but she was playing a part, you know, and that's and you know she had every right to feel the way she felt, and um, 
for people to come for her and be so mean. I mean, I even know friends that deleted her, you know, stopped following her, you know, wow. and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's a TV show, you know, we shouldn't take it so seriously and it is scripted. And as far as, as a fashion, someone who has a, a degree in high fashions, uh, I went to one of those schools, those no longer credit schools, like, you know, the, the Trumpster had one of those too. Right. And uh, one of those from profit schools, that's how I ended up here in California. So if you know anybody who can help me expunge my loans, that'd be really cool. <laughs> because you know. that's a problem that yeah. the government needs to change yes. here in this country. Is yes. these this the school loans and these for profit schools and all kinds of stuff and these I don't, why are these insurance institutions and why are these, these institutions, Sally Mae and all of them that give the student loans, why are they protected? Yes. No, I, why are they yeah. protected when they're supposed to be doing us a service? Right. Right. And they, they put it and we get involved in all these schools and they give us all this money and they put this sky high interest. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Why? Yeah. That's the fleecing of America. A hundred percent. They, they sell you a bag of goods that you need because they say, if you don't have this, you can't succeed. But in order to succeed, you've got to be able to get money so you can pay these bills. And then you can't pay these bills and then you can't keep a job and then you can't keep a house. And then you're just like, it's it's just a terrible, terrible cycle of, of yeah, you put it perfectly, fleecing, fleecing people. You know, it's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I, and so, so but RuPaul's Drag Race, it's like, for example, like I was watching one, whenever I catch tidbits, sure. I get really angry because I watch them critique when someone's on the runway. For example, Mayhem Mailer, I said this again and again, she was wearing pink denim. There's pink denim. Yes. Uh, RuPaul said that, um, oh, that that um, fringe fabric. Fringe is an applique. Yeah. Uh, not a fabric. Right. This is fashion. When I was on um, when I was there and I got eliminated for my 1968 look which is a real authentic dress I was wearing. The it nylons was. are friends. They wore nylons like that in the 60s. Uh, you look at the Supremes, Tina Turner, different things at mod people. They're wearing fa high fashion nylons, London, England. So let's get with the program. Uh, you know, and yeah. they're always spewing this, these lies out. And then, of course, people are taking that listening and believing what they're saying. Yes. Yeah. And then it has all these adverse reactions and effects on both people's um uh, interaction with fashion, as well as people's interaction with other people who they perceive to be not as good at fashion, who may be very authentically good at fashion. And it's just, yeah, it's blurring the lines and confusing it. And it's just, yeah, yeah, it's not great. That's not, <laughs> that's, that's not right. Right. You know? Yeah. So... I'd love to, you know, since we're talking about entertainment and Hollywood, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about the Browns and the series of videos that you've been doing. How, what was the, the, the origin and the genesis for that? And then what is the future slate of those videos look like? Okay. So the Browns started as an Insta series with, um, John Mark had reached out to me a while ago and, um, he, he proposed this idea of doing, wanted to work with me and do some, some creative video work so it took a minute and um he proved himself to me invited me to do an actual music video for census fail and all that <gasps> wait, wait, wait wait for census fail yeah census fail i'm in in uh one of these videos yes census fail i don't can't remember what the song is called okay. but i'm in a census fail video for Demi for this lady they did a video oh my god that's made it. no it's okay i was a huge census fail fan back like years ago okay. and that's like it's a this is a weird like merging of my life that i didn't see coming and so i'm gonna go check it out like when we're done uh -huh. so <laughs> yeah they, they directed the censusville video and um and uh, but anyway so then then he 
he sent me a script and he's like, I really would like to work with you. And I said, okay. So, you know, he sent me the script for the Browns, an idea for, we'll start with an Insta series and see where it goes. And when I read it, it was right up my alley because, you know, I make those on my YouTube channel. It's Tammy Brown. I have those independent films I'm always making. They're so wonderful. And I make them all around the world, whatever. But um, it, it was right up my alley, this idea that I have kind of doing this. So I said, sure. And, uh, he asked me also, he's always very, John Mark is very inclusive. He want, he plays my son in the Browns, which I said a minute ago, and he's the co-director. Him and I are both producers of the show. And um, he had this idea. He always wants me to be inclusive, include other queens. Like if I go do something different to include other, you know, would you like to take this queen on the road with you or bring this one with you sure. and, and bring her? And he always wanted to do queer, queer art, I, you know, yeah. to do queer fun arts and in the sort of this kind of action film. And so, okay, sure, let's do it. So we started the series and it it went really well. Then we filmed the second one in PV, Puerto Vallarta. And then we've, and then after that, we had done the next one. And then that's where we left off and it got picked up finally and um, pitched for out TV, picked it up. And eventually it'll be on Amazon here <sighs> in the United States of America but it'll be on four continents, which are all the, um, you know, Commonwealth that belongs to the crown mm-hmm. anyways of England. So anyhow, but we'll be in these four different continents. And so that, but they're starting right now with Canada. So it's very exciting. And Kelly Mantles works with me, who's one of my best friends and, you know, she's a top notch artist and yes. entertainer and ever satellite baby is one of her singles. And anyways, and from her album, but she, she's really cool. And I'm so thrilled to work with her. And I've been working with her for the past um, 10 years. And we were in a band together in 2014, uh, 13 and 14 awesome. in the Rolls Royces with Michael Caddy and myself. And we did all that. And it, it was great. And, and then I, I love the cast, uh, the young lady who plays my sister, really fun uh, Paige, And mm-hmm. just, it's, it's really cool. And we're going to continue work. We, are continuing to film. We're going to be filming very soon. Uh, hopefully it'll be, um, actually we're filming tomorrow, a holiday special. That's exciting. Which is really exciting uh, with John Mark and it's greenlit. It's also going to be on out TV and then Amazon prime and all this stuff. So that's cool. we did that. But then, um, and Kelly will, Sheila will be on there from, from the Browns as well. But then um, it's greenlit to, to film, but because of COVID things have been, you know, Delayed. We were yeah. supposed to actually film the new one back in in May. Oh wow! But, mm-hmm, but it didn't happen. May, you know, big dreams, broken hearts this year. Definitely. Do you know when folks can expect to see it on Amazon Prime, or do you have a target heard, or not? I've heard November. Okay. Awesome. Well, we I've will keep an November, eye out, right? and we'll definitely I don't circle know exactly. Um, and then uh, I don't know exactly that, but okay. I just it, it takes time. Of course. It's very interesting. Of course. You know. I love that. I love that. Well, now we are going to transition into the segment, Things to Check Out. So it's where I like to ask my guests, what are you reading and who are you listening to? So Tammy, okay. what are you currently reading right now? Currently, I've been doing a lot of audiobooks. I would say I, I've done uh, Nikki Giovanni, Poems of Love, and she Perfect. narrates it herself, which is lovely. Um, it's really insightful. I would do the audio. For sure. There's a lot of, she does it herself and um, she talks about different things. Really amusing. Also, James Baldwin, I'm No Longer Your Negro. Mm. Really good. And I think that explains some of what's going on yes. um, in our country because, you know, so many lies and we're, we've been built on white lies. Mm-hmm. 
And that's why we're having, we've been having so many problems in this country yep. for a long time. The war on this and the war on that. And it's all about numbers, you know? Right. So very, very good. But James Baldwin, I've been reading a lot of James Baldwin. I love that. And then who are you listening to? Are you listening to any podcasts or specific music that you want to hype? Uh, music. Well, I, you know, let's hype uh, Queen with a Cause. Uh, yes, of show. course. Queen with a Cause, please. And then I'll sit the Browns and whatnot. Um, and then my album, Schubert, because my rhymes are the crime and they are lighter than air. So love me mm, if you dare. Schubert. Love it. But, and that, the T's silent on that. But uh, as far as music, I've been listening to a lot of Marc Antonio Solis. Marco, uh, Latin music, I guess yeah. Mexican Mexican music. Um, I like dulce, dulce, which means candy. Mm-hmm. I like dulce. She has quite a voice. And then also Lucia Mendes. Lucia Mendes. She is the best. Lucia Mendes. And Lucia Mendes was a famous uh, she's soap opera star. And in the 80s through the 90s was releasing a lot of really good, fun music. I absolutely love that. That's awesome. Well, I am currently reading, I'm rereading actually, We Were Eight Years in Power by Tennessee Coates. Okay. Right, right um, uh, uh, with what you were talking about, about James Baldwin. So uh, Tennessee Coates, it's a sele- selection of essays that he wrote for the Atlantic of the eight years that President Obama was in office. And then he also has a section where he reflects on what he wrote at the time and how it's applicable to what's going on in the world today. So it's right. very great. And I'm listening to a brand new podcast from NPR called Louder Than a Riot. So it's mm-hmm. a podcast which traces the interconnected rise of hip hop and mass incarceration. It's very interesting, very fascinating, only about three episodes out right now. So I highly recommend it. All right. Nice. Nice. So now we are getting to the final segment of the show, my favorite segment of the show. It's the dad joke of the week. It's a segment where I hurl dad jokes at my unsuspecting guest in an attempt to get them to laugh while the audience groans, but I can't hear the audience. I can only hear my guests. So it works out, but I do like to put my guest on the spot first. Tammy, do you have any jokes you would like to offer up first? Any jokes that I would like to offer up (laughs) first? Well, you know, I had somebody that was writing jokes for me. And he would write, he wrote the stupidest joke. So I had to fire him. Would you like to hear it? <laughs> yes, I would. It's right up my alley. Well, this is the stupidest. It's supposed to be sexy jokes for me or whatever. Oh, yeah, sure. And, and he was that, and then was like, well, what do you call, what do you call a guy that wears white socks? I don't know what. Just as common as household cutting boards. <laughs> and what do you say about a guy that wears black socks? I don't know what. You don't know if those are two long feet under the table or two long black anacondas. What? But you're laughing. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, it's so absurd. Like, what? Everybody uh, laughs at that. But I was like, okay, but I fired him. I mean. That's fair. Fair. Um, so my jokes are very, uh, very bad. Uh, that's the whole point of the segment. I got some fall-themed jokes for us. Um, so first of all, Tammy, uh, why did the lions move at the end of summer? The lions? Was the it lions. a baseball team or something? No, no, like animals, like rawr, the lions. Why did they move at the end of summer? Because they had gotten COVID-19 in the spring. Those that's, ones in New York did. That's good. Uh, I was going to say because the pride goeth before the fall. The pride goeth before yeah, the fall. Yeah, the pride. Like the Lord's pride? <laughs> Group of lions. The lamb pride. that sleeps with a lion. Right. <laughs> All right, last one. Just Biblical one more. time. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Only got one more. Uh, what kind of vest should you wear in the fall? What kind of vest? What kind of vest? A festive vest. vest. Ooh, that's good. I was going to say a harvest. A har- oh, vest. I like that. Yeah, harvest. Right. Do, you, do you like that concert, The Harvest? Is that concert a, like a Christian group, right? I have no idea. I- 
<laughs> Tammy, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that? What's the best way for them to do to do that? I yes. would say Instagram for okay. sure. Um, Planet Tammy Instagram. I also have my Shopify store and um, the really cool designs. I get a lot of compliments on them. Um, and what I do in the shop of, uh, with my designs for my company, it's very organic. I hire new or new artists and um, I feature their, you know, feature their style and everything, what they're doing and buy them out and give them a spotlight. That's you know awesome. I, mean? I love that. So that's really cool. Very organic, all in house, keep everything in house. There's also my YouTube channel. It's Tammy Brown. And, um, well, I would say, uh, I mean, I'm on, I'm on Facebook on, I have a fan page, but do I read the messages? Not so much myself. No time for that. <laughs> and I'm really upset. Well, everybody now that's sending me a message on Instagram is going into the primary because I don't have time for the, you know, that other one, the, that other box. Oh, the have. general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And general shame on you. Instagram, because the general is like, you go in there and you want to look back and see if somebody replied oh, and yeah. you can't even find it because they're way down below when yes. it was like, why didn't they put us weird? It's too, yeah. And then also I have my rag queens that are sold exclusively through Instagram, the little dolls that I make with my previously worn designer nylons for all you kinky cats out there. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Well, we do need a hashtag for this episode and I was going to use hashtag queen with a cause since that's Please. what we've been talking about. So perfect. All right. Well, Tammy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure and an utter delight. Thank you so much. Of course. And listeners, I'll be back next week with another great episode. But until next time, hashtag queen with a cause and hashtag be a better dad. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.